You're right. We never went through the list. That's okay. Time. We don't have yes, to. Yes. Well, we had a very mapped out plan, and, and uh, the, the, just as we have tonight. And oh, we started already. It's entirely possible that we're not going to get to everything, <laughs> okay. Diana. So once again, folks, uh, I'm I'm Gabriel. I'm uh, your loyal dullard here on the Dull Crans. And oh, we're back dullard. Again. We're, we're dullards now. Did you get rid I'm, of dull boys? I, uh, we are the dull boys. We're the dull crew. We're the two dull sure. crew here two in the dull, dull box. Two dull crew. I like that. Uh, yeah, that's with, good. again, first lady of the dull box, uh, Dazzling Diana I still, back I still here. think I'm the, am I, am I still the only one? You are still the only okay. woman to, to ever be am actually the in the box. Woman? Yes. Yeah, okay. Um... um so yeah, welcome back. Cool, Good thank to you. have no, you. No, this this is my third you're, episode. Yeah, you're very excited. You're up there. You're you're the reigning champ right now. Thank you, you. You and Tony from the Bronx. Yes, battling it out for guest host. I I, I definitely think that he's been on way more. <laughs> he was part of. March Madness, yeah, snack break. Bra- but that's but that's not the way Tony likes to to do things. No, you no, know, no, he not. really he likes to do things sort of the Alex Trebek way. He came into the studio one day and banged out like ten episodes okay. and has not returned since. Okay, you you have actually made the trip here so again I'm the first to the one to return. Studios. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. you really you I'm really the first might be actual return guest. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna stamp your visa at the end of this. Yeah, that's and, good. And good. Get I need you on one. Your way. I need one. Um, so really glad to have you. We have some very, very exciting things to talk about tonight. Yes, we have some really good topics. Um, um, in case everyone's wondering or is new to the show, um, sure. uh, Gabe and I are both teachers in New York City. That is true. Uh, just in case. So we talk about some uh, topics that relate to education, but not the boring kind. You're very good at this. Keep going. <laughs> Uh, have you, have you, by the way, have you ever hosted a podcast of your own? I actually did. Well, I had, I had my own radio show. Uh-huh. Uh, and well, we talked about the radio show w, last time Yeah, WBAR, Columbia University. But you had a podcast And as then, well. I, I, yeah, I spun it off into a podcast because that was, but the thing is, I didn't really know how podcast, podcasts work. I thought podcasts were just people making up their own radio shows. Yeah, I, I mean, but like no, like like radio DJ shows. Gotcha. So basically, I was like, "Hey guys, welcome to you know whatever," and then I played music, and then I like talked to people, and then I played like more songs, and then I realized, oh, you can't just like play whatever music you want without license. Well, what, that's true. That's absolutely true. I didn't know that. And like, as so, as fans of the so show I know, we're, we're very very big on intellectual property law here. Big, um, big on the IP. But but speaking of when when was this podcast? Because you may have you may have a lawsuit against uh, against All Songs Considered right now. NPR was, might be ripping you. It off. was very early. I, I'm gonna say this was 2006. You were right. Oh, it's I so was, cutting I edge. Was, I was really oh cutting edge. Nobody you had a podcast. Jumped, you jumped from radio to College podcast radio to before pod- anybody else did. And I know, now and that's I should where have. Everybody's going. Yeah, I know. Whoa. I know. It's it's super. Yeah. Fucking trends. I'm pretty. I am. I am. No, this D. is this is the thing. I've said a lot of trends. My sister always says, "You always do it first, and then four years later, everyone does it." Right. All right. the time. We'll all get. We'll all get to Diana. Most time of the someday. time. Most of the time about like my clothing and fashion sense. But yes, I do. I do set a lot of trends. Right. Um, right. So. Do you want to tell? I so know, I, I, know, I, I know, started podcasts. You started podcasts. <laughs> I know podcasts aren't a visual medium. Although I mean, I'm still learning that. Yeah. Um, but do you want to describe for the folks at home your outfit today? Well, this is also a trend. I think I started because I, you know, I always. You know, I always, uh, I always really liked Star Wars, and you know, back when I was in my 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 youth and my my youth, when I when I was in my twenties, there now, what was what is a youth? There was no, there really wasn't any fashionable clothing like Star Wars clothing for women. Mm-hmm. So I always would just make it, and so um, the girl that was, uh, she was in like Rebels or Clone Wars. She was one of the voiceovers. The girl with like the the the, the big. Ashoka, is that her name from Star Wars, the Clone Wars? Uh, yes. Yeah, okay, so the girl that, the, the woman, excuse me, not a girl, she, the woman who was the voiceover actress also felt this way, and she started her own clothing line for women called uh-huh. Her Universe. Uh-huh. Big promotion here, Ashley Eckstein, voice of Ashoka, because, so she has like, 
cute like Doctor Who clothes, cute Star Wars clothes. Okay, okay, cute, for, okay. For, for women, gotcha, she does gotcha. girls yeah, too, yeah, but yeah. she it's not juniors. Right, it's right. like straight up for women. So anyway, I am full bodied women here. Full bodied women. I am rocking a um, a poodle skirt. A poodle style skirt, um, but instead of the poodle being on the leash, on the Rick Rack leash, it's an ATAT walker. It's fucking awesome. I, I only I, I ride my bike to and from work every day, so I rode my bike uh, when I was out on the streets today. But the w- one time I did walk on the street, which was coming here to the studio, I was stopped by four different men, like nerdy men that were like alone. It's, some guy was like, yo, that skirt's fucking dope. And then, like, there was another guy that was like, oh, my God, that is the coolest skirt ever. And then on the stoop, coming here, passing an apartment building, a bunch of girls smoking pot were, like, also like, oh, my God, I love your skirt. So up here in Inwood. So this is – so everybody likes Inwood, my Star where, Wars. Where nerd culture is alive. <laughs> so everyone likes my – yeah. Anyway – her, if if you're a woman out there who really like wants to rock, uh, represent her your favorite yeah, nerd culture, her universe, her, her universe. universe. Yeah, there's always sales too. Her so. universe. I'm sure. I'm sure it's a great Insta follow. <laughs> it is a good Insta. I'm follow. sure it really it, it is. Totally it's is. gotta it totally be great. Is. It's yeah. gotta be great. Your hashtag. I'm signing on right now. Outfit of the day. O O T D. That's a thing, by the way. Oh, okay. That women like that like women do like hashtag OOTD outfit uh-huh. of the day and like you pose with like your cute right 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 like outfit and then there's like also like I'm so doing that OOTD OOTD plus size so like there's like women that, you know so there's there's it's a whole thing the that's inter- the name of this episode it's hashtag OO I wish it would have just like invented social media sometimes <laughs> you were there weren't you four years before everybody else? I, I invented podcasts <laughs> so I should have just anyway not just all of social all right, media. But also, but so, also so big, teachers. Big trendsetter. Diana, big fucking trendsetter. Yeah, I wish now, I was. here's yeah. hoping this trend doesn't catch on. Oh, yeah. This is a trend coming out of public school. At least we, again, we, we don't want this to catch fire. But we're reading yeah. now from a beloved New York Post. Uh, the headline B- here. Beloved. We, we love them. Gotta love them. Should we pull that principal Principal suspends no. teacher's aid uh, for inappropriate yawn. Uh, so Marie Desforges, I don't know how I'm pronouncing that. She is the, the head, head of PS 328 in Brooklyn. And okay, if, if you are listening and you're not from New York, all of our public schools are numbers because <laughs> <laughs> there's, I don't know if you know this, but, uh, the New York city public school system is the largest public school system in the world. Well, we only have 4 million kids. So I, I, I is it for, I thought it was 1 million, but is it 4 million? Oh, is it one? I think it's All right, one. Maybe it's one. The New York city public school system. Well, no, 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 it's, 1 it's, million children. It's 1 million legal students. And then there's all the other students that aren't technically on the roster uh, okay. because otherwise, you know, they'd have to shut down 50 more schools so, for yeah. unsafe practices. So since there's so many that can't all have names, so they're all PS. So PS would be public school. This is public school 328. Now, if you see PS, that means it's an elementary school. Right. If, if it's MS or IS. MS or IS. That means it's middle. a middle school or intermediate school. Right. And then high schools have actual names. Right. And that's what's interesting is there's, there actually has become a new trend of public schools, of elementary schools, Being adopting names. names. Yes. And if and they do that, they're bougie. They're so snooty. Oh, yes. my God. Then they're, then they're bougie. It's so presumptuous to, right, but then to there's, name your school. But then there's ones that like like PS40 that are like, we'll never do that. Like, we're right, just going right, to be. Right, 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 right. And they're like. You got to go OG classic with it. Right. And like their entire school is funded by like parent <laughs> donations. Anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's know, not really a public school. That's that's a, a a private school in sheep's clothing. Right. Exactly. So um, okay. So, so this, back to so this. this head of school, Marie Disforges. Yeah, Marie She's, D. Sweet <laughs> Marie, Marie D. D. Marie D. Sweet Marie D. Suspended a teacher's aide for five days without pay last week. This is directly from the article for quote professional, professional misconduct, misconduct, which was yawning <sighs> in a disciplinary letter. Uh, Mary D. Sweet Mary D. Told. Edshita Brown, you yawned loud enough for me to hear you while I was walking down the hallway outside a staff meeting. What's more, Sweet Mary D <laughs> accused the aide of insubordination over the yawn. When the principal told the aide the yawn was inappropriate, 
you stated to me what what that's <laughs> that is how I yawn. The letter says. Okay, we we continue. Uh, Teacher's aide Brown, aghast, asked principal, are you trying to reprimand me? I love the post with the aghast. Are you trying to reprimand me for yawning? It's a bodily function. Well, in fact, she was reprimanded. She was, again, suspended without pay for a week. And uh, Diana, your thoughts? Okay. So, clearly... Okay, so this this is where... I'm not going to any way defend this principal. However... I do kind of see where she's coming coming from because I worked at, um, it, it looks like from the rest of this article, it looks like the history of this school was, you know, it was it was a failing school. Well, yeah, the post then goes on to, to she paint was the school like, as yeah, an issue. Right. And, and this principal came as an Came in issue. to like fix it. So sure. I've, I've worked in a public school um, in the Bronx that was this, the same setup. It was a failing school. And you know they send in the 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 um, the hard ass yeah. principal to come in and fix right. it. So usually, what ends up happening is you bring in this this one this woman right or this man or whoever. Usually, it ends up being a woman for some reason, and she comes in and she has to be a hard ass about everything because right. apparently, like it, these schools go from no structure to like too much almost too much structure. And I saw the same thing in my school. It was just like, she would just anything or everything unnecessarily because it's just, it's power trippy. It's like they, it's they have to, they have to assert themselves because they're, they're afraid that they're going to get stepped all over. So I feel like this is one of the, I'm not saying it's right, but I feel like it's one of those cases where maybe perhaps this aide has done things before and blah, blah, blah. And, like, this principal's gasping, grasping for straws, and, like, this was it. Right, but it doesn't even seem like this aide had to do anything before, right? Or if the right. thing that she did before right. may have also been something stupid. Right. Because, as you're saying, this person's got to come in and be the warden, or at least feels they have right. to be the and warden. It, and it doesn't even have to be a failing school for it this kind of have power to trips no, to happen. absolutely not. <laughs> I, I mean, we're, we're seeing here, just, just along what you're saying, at the bottom of the article, it says, uh, Sweet Mary D has slapped teachers like with more than 30 this. disciplinary letters since she started. When did she start? This I, year? She started, she started the year before. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's a lot. We also have, um, so you said, you said that Miss Brown probably had something hit on her earlier. Um, in suspending Brown... Uh, Sweet Mary D. also berated the aide for another incident, quote, hanging out in a teacher's classroom, conversing and eating lunch. The principal's letter charged that Brown was interrupting the instructional time of the students. Well, it turns out the instructional time was rest time in kindergarten. And this teacher's aide came and could have, for all we know, been talking about schoolwork. And is is someone that uh, witnesses rest time in kindergarten... Every day, I'll tell you that a bunch of teachers sit there and have lunch. But all, it's just what you do. It's like, just what you do. Yes, you, there's you nowhere be, else to go. You, like, you have been you have been conversing. Faculty with five lounges. Year olds for, faculty for, lounges have turned into steam rooms. <laughs> so like, there's no places for teachers to go anymore. Right. Um, Who needs a photocopy machine when all the kindergartners have iPads? So it's just like, you know, you've you've literally spent all morning talking like. On your knees to twenty-something five-year-olds, yeah. you want a little bit of adult tension. Yeah, adult attention. Sorry, so, and the only lunch. and the only time to do that is at rest time. The only time to do it is rest time. <laughs> uh, but all of this, really, all of this to me is uh, just precursor to a much more important question, Diana, which is: mm. Have you ever been suspended for a bodily function? I've never been suspended for anything. Period. Okay. <laughs> Could you ever see yourself being suspended for a yawn, say? What does a yawn, what does a suspendable yawn sound like? You gave us a pretty good yawn before. Oh, like, like, That's pretty good. But I guess if you do that like 70 times a day. (laughs) But even that might just be like a warning. 
I would say so. Yeah, I would say so. I don't so. think that's a suspendable offense. That's just you being, like, annoying. Now, doing a little bit of research about this topic, I found that there there have been a lot of questions asked, uh, you know, mostly at, like, Yahoo questions or, like, you know, legal <laughs> Zoom, uh, you know, FAQs, but about is it possible to be reprimanded for a yawn? Because apparently it's coming up in other people's, like, code of conduct contracts yeah. and things like that. And if so... Are there other bodily functions that we feel could be suspendable? I mean, could you have a particularly bad case of gas that catches you in the slammer for a little bit on the hot seat? I mean, like, here's the thing. Like, kids, especially five-year-olds, they fart all the time. Yeah. (laughs) They burp all the time. And it's a laugh, and we talk about what's an appropriate way to say. Like, or, like, even you do it as a teacher. That happens to everybody. Don't Absolutely. even uh, d- deny as a teacher that you never farted in front of kids. You just have to or burped or something. You just have to say, you, like, it's a teachable moment. Right. Right. Say, oops, excuse me. Like, you're, well, I mean, first you try to pass blame on to the dorky, onto the dorky kid next to you. No, I to, never To do curry that. favor with all the cool kids. I've had kids and then blame when they, me for a fart. And then when they don't buy it, Diane, I've had kids fart in my lap before. <laughs> me too. <laughs> so it's fine you're not suspended at all no um so i I mean i've even been look i I can be pretty loud i think you know this about me me too and you as well earlier even earlier tonight i've I've gotten that note many times (laughs) earlier tonight wife of the pod pauline actually reprimanded me for laughing too loudly at an episode of veep it wasn't even a particularly funny episode of veep (laughs) I just laugh really loudly. In fact, I can recall being on a crosstown bus with another teacher and just having a nice after-school conversation and a woman sitting in front of me... Said you were too loud. She said, sir, could you please laugh that way? And she pointed in the opposite direction because apparently my laugh was even too loud for a public fucking bus. I mean, you do have to have a loud laugh, but that's just so rude. Like, it's so rude. I think if she had the power, I think she would have suspended me from that fucking she, bus. Yeah, I think she would yeah. have kicked me right off. Like, sweet, what's her name? Sweet Brown? No, that's not her name. Sweet, sweet, uh, sweet, sweet Mary, Mary, Mary D. Sweet Mary D. Give her the respect. Sweet, sweet Brown is, uh, ain't nobody got time for that. That's, that's <laughs> sweet that Brown is. Nobody got time. That is viral meme. Yeah, that um, is. So, yeah, I think that if I worked at this school, I would easily be suspended within the first 30 minutes for laughter. And by the way, by the way, if you're going to suspend me for something like a yawn, a laugh, a fart, well, then you might as well fucking fire me because I'm not coming back. (laughs) I'm not coming back after one week of unpaid leave. And by the way, this is a fucking teacher's aide. What do we really think she's making in, in that week? She can't get a little it, bit of money during that fucking week. It says week. she makes, it actually said her salary. Oh, she makes $24,000 a year. Which in New York City is not a lot of money. In New York City, it's not that's, enough money. That's the poverty. That's actually the poverty yeah. level. Easily. So. So, yeah, uh, Sweet Mary D, uh, you fucked up. You fucking done it wrong. And in the, in the words of Sweet Brown, Sweet Lady Brown, Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> nobody got time Man, for your shit. I woke up to get me a cold pop. Uh, we take a hard turn now from bullshit in the classroom to what I what I think will be a, a, a nicer topic. Let's which is let's take a walk on the wild side, Diana. Sure, let's do it. So, reading from uh, an article in the Atlantic mm, titled mm. "The Perks of a Play in the Mud Education Philosophy." by Connor Williams, apparently there is a new push for outdoor education uh, in early childhood here in the States. Now, okay, it's, sure. it's pretty limited. It's only happening in, you know, as you would guess, the most elite of uh, areas. Elite rural areas? Elite rural areas, so exactly. So, like Seattle. So, this, this article. Someplace that has nature. This article uh, focuses mainly on the area of Owings Mills, Maryland. Okay. Um, where apparently the Nature Preschool at Irvine Nature Center in Owings Mills is charging people four hundred dollars a month. Okay. Uh, to send their kids to this preschool for four days. 
four days a week. Okay. And they get three and a half hours of nature-based preschool, which is, you know, done entirely outside. So the whole day is done outside. The whole day is done outside. It's three and a half hours done outside, four days a week. Okay. And So it's a half-day preschool. Basically a half-day preschool, and people are paying a pretty good penny for it. Right. Um, But... You know, the push here is that, or the 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 rationale uh, that the founders have is that kids should be learning outside and that, you know, they, they spend far too much time indoors and on screens mm-hmm. and they certainly mm-hmm. will when they're getting more sure. education later on. Um, and they're really sort of taking from the model of a lot of European schools. So here's what I think about this. Um, I think this is all well and good and this is great but I think just like everything it's about moderation right everything is about moderation like I think yeah I definitely think kids should be outside I think they should be in nature I think that's great but I also think kids should be outside in nature and it not be structured totally so this seems to me like I don't know how structured this program is but if you're just taking kids out in the woods and walking children in nature, as RuPaul would say, walk the children in nature, um, then, uh, you know, and you're just talking to them and yes. teaching them all the time, mm-hmm. then I don't think there's as much of a benefit. Like when I was a kid and we would go up to the Catskills, my parents would let me and my sister, my eight-year-old sister, and I, maybe I was 10 and maybe my cousins were like varied ages between like 7 and 12. We just went into the woods alone right. for hours right. with no equipment. We didn't have phones, obviously, because it was the early 90s, late 80s. Like there was just I think that's totally different than what this is. And, right. I, and I, I see the benefit to this, but I think structured outdoor time is probably just as... I don't want to say bad, but pretty much the same as structured indoor time. Well, but let's say this thing, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. I don't know anything this thing, about this. Sure, but. but let's say it's less structured than like a recess time even, right? Like, I mean, you know, it's not it's not a lesson outdoors. Right. It is going outdoors. It is, you know, being out. It's not just, you know, reading a read aloud outside a campfire. Right, like, right. This is like children hiking. This is definitely more hiking. And that's what they really get at, yeah. too, is about... How, this is doing a read aloud outside. How being in this nature. This isn't reading Rosie Revere and How being in nature is so relaxing, right? Sure. And it's so reaffirming, right? And it builds strength and and really helps you, you know, you talked about moderation. You know, it's moderating all the other stimuli that the kids get in their lives. Right. And so it helps them to focus by the sure. end of it, right? Like it's neurologically beneficial to them. Right. You know, studies can tell you that, but also, like you're saying, just our own fucking experiences will tell us that because as adults, we like to go hike. We like to be out in nature. Sure. We some like adults, to take breaks from staring at screens. Some adults don't though. Some adults don't. Sure. That's I have true. friends that would be like, hiking? No way. But also, I can't tell you how many times I've heard people start stories just like you said, where it's, you know, I used to, you know, run outside or, or, or the, the other classic one is, you know, when we when we grew up. My mother wouldn't let us in the house until six o'clock, right? right? I'd play on the street and blah, blah, blah. And I feel like for for parents today and for policymakers today, it's all in one ear and out the other, right? Because the message that we're trying to say is that, you know, building building resilience and building self-sufficiency are Mm -hmm. these and building risk-taking skills are these important things. And and yet instead all we get is more programming and parents loading their right. kids up with more specials, right. more tutoring, more this more to get them school. prepared for shit that they can't even keep in their brain because right. they're just so We're just like in a, Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I it's it is really crazy. Uh, um the amount uh, but maybe it's a city kid thing, the overscheduling. Maybe. And every head of school like sees it and talks about the overscheduling and especially in New York like Monday they have karate Tuesday they have piano Wednesday's the tutor but then also Wednesday they have OT um you know like Thursday and like then they don't and you know like having a play date is literally impossible right and parents are like oh I really can't have a play date with so and so because they're really booked it's like they're four why are they why are they booked up the whole time I don't right know. right 
Um, but um, so here's here's something else coming from but this. Yeah, article. the whole free play. Yeah, go ahead. Well, it's just that. Uh, so this this is coming from now Fast Company, who is writing about the article, and they said that. Uh, Several studies attest to nature's powerful positive effects on children. Time spent outdoors has been shown to calm aggression, cultivate self-esteem, ease anxiety, and reduce stress. Of course, it also improves overall physical fitness. Currently, the average child spends only four to seven minutes a day in unstructured play outdoors, compared to over seven hours a day in front of a screen, reports the Child Mind Institute. I totally... Well, child... Fucking hours a day in front of a screen. The Child Mind Institute is a very reputable right. company. So I believe... I believe that you know, statistic. And you know, here's the thing. And, and and this is not the first time... That's not just city kids. They're saying yeah. that's the average because students are now sure. students are now staring at smart boards and then at computers in right. the school because right. Right. we're so inundated with technology even in our social interactions, my at kids school. in my kindergarten class, we don't have a smart board. We have a projector. I could project the okay. computer, and I probably use that on average five to ten minutes a day. That's it. I mean, you're you're in the you know bottom one percent then, right? But I mean, but I it's also, a bell curve. We also and... do we also do learning on iPads all the time. Sure, I have right. all their all their uh, leveled reading books are on their iPads. Right. So like yeah, that's a bunch of screen time. Yeah, it's, it's reading, screen, but it's, it's not. Right. But it's not right. It's right. there's there's something different about it. You're sure. still getting that blue light hit coming in through yeah. your fucking retina sure, and frying sure, your sure. brain. But I believe this four to seven minutes of unstructured play because even um, even recess now is not. It could well be, recess is just an extension of lunch. It you, right? right. Oftentimes it's it depends on how quickly you finish your lunch, how much fucking recess. Well, you're I've get. heard, and this is this is just from I've heard from different, uh, not uh, different people that run schools that they want to they want to do away with free recess. Oh Jesus Christ! Because that's where the bullying starts. So let's just nip the bullying in the bud by having like recess be structured. So like for example. They have to do like a obstacle course game together, you know, or whatever, you know, which I think I don't necessarily agree with because I do think there needs to be unstructured time in school. Diana, I worked I worked at a fucking school once where the students couldn't even handle lunch. Okay, they didn't have enough social interaction skills to handle lunch. So just like you're saying about recess, the 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 leadership thought Oh my God, lunch is becoming a problem because kids are like crying or they're not eating their lunch right. or they're doing too much of this and too much of that. So they thought it was a good idea to have just sort of a read aloud during lunch. And they thought, well, who's the loudest fucking teacher in the school? Who's the most charismatic teacher in the school? Who's there and wants to do this? I know, we'll give it to Gabe Zuger. Yeah. Let's give it to him. And I had to read 75 kids a fucking story, a fucking picture book. During lunch no, in the cafeteria, it doesn't work. I wanted to claw my own eyes out. It doesn't work. We've definitely you can't mitigate these things. You have to give them the opportunities. You have to give them the learning experiences to to build themselves up. Yeah. What I do at lunch because I actually do I, I I actually monitor. I'm one of the monitors for lunch. Now. Okay. Um, my school is small enough now that. Uh, there isn't. We don't have aides or floater teachers, so we actually have to. Uh, the teachers have to do lunch with the kids, so we do want to give them time to socialize. We tell them to sit next to somebody that's not in their class, nice. So they make new friends or Great. whatever. And they know they they all they're all friends and recesses mixed whatever, but. Um, we also like encourage them to talk, socialize, not like scream or be crazy or anything. But sometimes, you know, we do talk about uh, like if we're going to do something in assembly together, maybe I'll play a song and we practice singing it while we're having lunch. So there is this is not all the time. Right. But every day, the last five minutes is the lights go off and it's five minutes of good eating and they have to eat quietly for like three to five minutes i love five good minutes of eating that's a good practice because here's the thing like and you know and like you know sometimes teachers come in like why are they so quiet like shouldn't they be talking at lunch i'm like they did talk at lunch but 
they're five and they don't know they don't know how to manage talking and eating at the same time. So this is a way to be like because they get completely overstimulated by right, one thing or right, the right, other. Right. There's so all of a no sudden, choosing. like they're like talking about they're like voting on who what their favorite ride in Disney World is around the table, which I think is great. They're like, whose favorite ride is Pirates of the Caribbean? And like they all oh, raise see, their hand, and I think that's great. And like you know like whatever or like whose favorite color is pink and you know whatever and, and it's great and they're so they're they're socializing interacting getting to know each other but then it's like they're all raising their hands this one always, voting this one always drives me crazy <laughs> if, if you were a kindergarten teacher you know about voting at the lunch table because oh they all do it it's so but then they're so busy raising their hand and doing all this stuff that they're not eating so it's what they so see. you have to like get them to eat so the only way to do that is to like literally shut it down and get them to eat for three to five minutes which is all the time they need anyway it's it's the the whole raise your hand thing it's what they see all day right in the classroom so it makes sense that they go to it or the other one besides the voting and raise your hand it's like they'll ask a question and they'll say raise your hand and I'll, i'll pick on you to answer the question or whatever and i'll say to them because i i have to i have to fucking I have to X that out early on in the year because it just drives me crazy. And I'll do a demo for them. I'll say, listen, kids, you can't do raise your hand games at lunch, and here's why. And then I'll tell them all to raise their hand and do something. And they all put put their sandwiches straight up in the air. They put both hands up in the air, and I'm going, now nobody's eating, right? And, like, (laughs) it just – they're not having a conversation. They think that conversations are just – or just like ABC polls or something, you know, like, nope, it's not a BuzzFeed article. Yeah, yeah. We actually have to respond verbally to each other to be having an interaction. And BuzzFeed will be obsolete. By the time <laughs> so it's like they don't even need to learn how to take polls. They don't. But uh, it, no, it's, it's, it's an interesting, yeah, school lunch. Um, my Speaking of hand raising, my school is is pushing towards a no hand raising policy. Hand raising policy. We're trying to. It's not like what you do in the real world anyway. So basically, we just want the kids to like be able to converse, have a conversation with the teacher, and be able to read each other's social cues, and like pause when they need to pause, let someone else talk when they need to talk. Again, this is not easy. Again, we have really small class sizes, so it is a little easier. But this is not an easy thing to do when you have like the dominant personality. So I think if if I'm and then everyone's like, oh, let's do thumb on the knee, and I'm like, thumb on the knee is just raising hands. Right. So if I'm hearing you straight, you're not saying go to a different model of selecting the next speaker. You're talking about having more of a grand, open conversation where people actually take turns and just sort of. But I have to also be the moderator. It's like it's 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 like watching a debate, like a presidential debate. You got to stop them. And I can see and say your time is up. Right. Thank you so much. You've given a lot. I want you to stay silent now for a minute so we can give other people a try. I could see that. So you you have to do that, but I, I also. I actually never really thought hand raising. I never really did it. I never actually taught kids how to hand raise. It's one of those innate things that kids always do. They just do and it. And even in a non they just do it. And I quote unquote non hand raising school that I work in, they still do it all the time. Yeah. All the time. And I will still call on a kid quiet raising their hand, even though I'm not. I'm technically in a non-hand raising school. Diana, we fucking do it as adults at concerts. Why are we putting our hands up at concerts? Yeah. I don't know, but we're all putting our hands up all the fucking time. It is some sort of universal, like, caveman signal to right. each other of just, like, attention, attention. Right, Give right. me the attention. Right. It's so, weird. yeah, they just come in knowing it. Um, I could see that this model might be intensely satisfying for students. What, in a way, no hand raising. No hand raising. In a way that they can they can really engage and get into this conversation without so much of the like, I'm now going to ask you a question. You know, wait for exactly the right moment to right. raise your hand. Make this a fucking you know starter's pistol. Like, how can you do that? But then it makes your job incredibly more difficult. It does. And but what I am noticing now that I this is day 138 of school. Yeah. Um, today and because we count every day. And we oh, we're we're we at 143. By, oh, okay. y'all, are, y'all are slowing down. Slowing down. I go to 180. So anyway, um, I, I 
what I've noticed is there is one particular child in my class. So I have, I have a very small class. And my whole school is very small classes, which I, I only think this is effective in small classes. Yeah. However, so this is one child who's very dominant and he always has to have the last word, always has to be the one talking. But now they're now the kids are, are saying, you're interrupting me. Stop interrupting me. Five-year-olds. Which I think is, I think because of the no hand-raising is a good skill, like a good defense mechanism for them to have to call out the dominant people. Right. Like, and, you know, like, so he's just talking, talking. I was talking, you interrupted me. Right. And then that kid will automatically stop more than if I tell him to stop. Right. Because he's getting that peer feedback. Right. So in a way, like, I, but again, this is, de- the, it's taken us a long time to get right. here. So. And then the next step, instead of the snotty, head naughty, uh, or head shaky, you're interrupting me, you need to stop interrupting me, yeah. is that they'll, they'll learn to say, like, please let me finish my statement. Right. And then you right. can have a turn. But, I mean, I do have to step in with that one particular child and, like, you need to stop talking. Right. Right. And that's, and that's just going to be... That's just going to be the way that it is. With every right. class, there's always, always going to be somebody be the, that... There's always the one. Because there's already one that's raising their hand too much, and it's making right. other kids and feel pressure One of the quiet and ones anxious. raises their hand, and I like, look at them, and I'm like, just talk. You have something to say, just say something. Well, the other thing that I say to the fucking kids all the time is, now put your hands down. Because like I didn't ask a question, right? and I'm talking, and if all of your hands shoot up because you all wanted to say that the name of the author of this book is also the name of your father or the name of yeah. somebody, some other right. fucking or, adult or, that you know. Or the guy that drives grandma's plane or if whatever. If you all raise your hand to say that bullshit, now I know you're not listening to me right. and I'm feeling fucking anxious because yeah. you're so, waving at me. I think, so yes, yeah, so here's what I, here, yes, yeah, so here's the problem with progressive education. Diana's now giving me a quiet me too with her hands. Oh, yeah. She just gave the gesture for, I agree, I, I agree. agree, I gotta go on. Here so we go. So here's, here's what I, here, here's the problem, yeah. <laughs> here's the problem with progressive education. Um, we focus so much on making homeschool personal connections yeah. that that's all they want to fucking do. Right. So what happens is, is like you, again, like you were saying, you show them a book and like they see a word they recognize and they'll be like, there was this one time that I, let's say the word is mosquito. We we went, we went to, we went to, we went to Martha's Vineyard. We went to Poppy, Poppy and Nana's house in the Hamptons. In Bridgeport. And I had a mosquito bite and and it is, and it just takes up so much time. And I think, I think this is because we let, I don't know what it is, but I feel like it's, it's, it's increasing. Yeah. Like that me, 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 listen to me, like you're really going to, like you're going to love my story kind of thing. Yeah. And then they, and then it it's always has to do with bug bites or injuries. Right. Right. It's always about bug it's bites. It's always a trauma. It's always bug bites, <laughs> bug bites and boo-boos. It's always That's, a fucking trauma. Read my new book, Bug Bites and Boo-boos <laughs> bug by bites Dr. And boo-boos. Diana Aluda. No, so, um. But anyway, so no, I, it, it's just one of those weird things that I just don't, I don't know, but and it takes up so much time and if, and, and it like, but yeah, that's the thing. They, they want, they want to give their personal story so bad that yeah. they miss the point of everything else. I know. I don't know how their egos get so big that they think that everybody in the world needs to hear their like, version of this story. Right. It's like they should have a fucking podcast or something. Yeah. I, but I feel like the egos are I mean I know it's like the, you know they always say it's very egocentric when they're well, two well it's the developmental age right, right two and three right but then I'm like but also four, but also four five six, six <laughs> also four five and six year olds are right just as bad sometimes once they get to seven they're in like the industrious phase where they start just like making things and everything is about hoarding and it's a totally different oh uh, yeah the four year old hoarders the hoarding. better watch out for that mm-hmm. the kid that finds the broken crayons and like shoves them in their cubby it's like all of a sudden, when you're wondering where all the pencils are, all of a sudden it's June, and you're like, "Oh, that's where all the scissors went." 
in their like ex spare underwear socks clothing box. They've yeah. also hidden all the like shiny Legos or the translucent yeah. Legos somewhere oh, in yeah. their like backjack or something. Translucent Legos. <laughs> they just crack them out when they have that. Choice. Translucent Legos are like the Bitcoin it's fucking of, crack. Of that preschool. shit is crack. Like. There is nothing. It's like catnip. There's nothing. They get high off touching it and seeing it and having it be a part of them. It is. There is nothing cooler than a translucent <laughs> Lego. Why doesn't Lego just come out with a 500 box of just translucent? They Legos? absolutely need to. Just not the Duplo. Brick. Not the Duplo no, 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 ones. No, 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 no. I'm talking Fuck about the little ones. Yeah. Yeah. Just straight up. Just it's it's a light bright Lego crossover. Yeah. You just oh, go God. all translucent. I, you know you nobody steal this. Nobody steal this. Yeah. Cause... Trademark. Verbal trademark on this one for Gabriel. And Hybrid Diana. light. Yeah. That would. <laughs> oh my God. With with in, in light with the lights off on the light table and attack. Oh my God. Oh, like oh. seventy. Five million God. first graders just jizzed their pants Ugh. hearing that. I'm getting hard as so a teacher good. just thinking oh about that. Oh my God. Yeah, so feel good. these nipples over here. Yeah. So anyway, right. we are we are crushing it over here crushing in the it. in the idea zone. Are we gonna, are we gonna take a break? We're gonna soon? take a break. Okay. We're gonna take a break right now. See, I know what these this transitions mode. You're are feeling going to occur. it. You're starting to feel it because you know Oof. as te- as teachers we know when it's time to transition. Ooh, ooh, you are getting your podcast bones here. So On. we're gonna take our break. When we come back, we will have the snack report and, and uh, talk and about a special seg and a special segment very special on- segment for Diana. On Lady Snacks. On Lady Snacks. And we'll see you on the other side. All right. And we are back with Diana Dazzling D here Mm -hmm. in the Mendelssohn Studios, ready for another rip-roaring snack report. Uh, So Diana has uh, dunked her head into the overwhelming snack bag uh, with lots of treats in there. Lots of options. And she came out with... Uh, Says new... Brand new. New Pirate's Booty. That's a brand that um, many people... Many people are familiar with. In the millennial with. generation. Booty. Yeah. yeah. You got the Smart Booty, the Pirate's Booty. I didn't, I didn't grow booty. up with Pirate's Booty because no, I'm a little older. No, it wasn't there. Yeah. wasn't there. The New Pirate's Booty uh, Epic Flavor Super Crunchy Wild Tings. Wild Tings. Wild Tings. Lotso Nacho. So there's Beet. A- no artificial... Flavors are preservatives and gluten-free. I feel like Pirate Booty was like one of those health snacks. It is. No, it is a health snack. Totally. But like, but parents used to think it was a health snack, but now a parent, like a modern parent never give this to their kids. Well, the same way, the same way that Goldfish for a while was the health snack. And then, and then people were like, no, it's all about Amy's Cheddar Bunnies. And then they're like, nope, it's all about Pirate's Booty, Spinach Booty. And it was like, nope. Annie still, still has cornered that, quote unquote. Health oh, it's food Annie's. Sh- you're right. I get food. Annie's and Amy's Amy, confused. Amy, Amy is, is the frozen vegan. pizza. Amy's the frozen vegan stuff. Annie's is the uh, yeah. I think vegetarian. Smart she for has kids. cheese. Oh, you're right. She does have dairy cheese. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She. She. As a baby, <laughs> it's a real person. I'm sorry, Mr. Amy. Mr. Amy. Um, but so we got the wild things. Now there's a lot going on on this package already. We've yeah. got the uh, cultural crossover with the wild things uh-huh. and the lotso nacho, which I'm, I'm not sure what culture we're trying to get at with that. Is that like a joke on lo- lopsa opso, like the dog breed, or lasa opso? I think it's just I don't know. Rhyme anyway, with nacho. okay, we still got the pirate on the on the cover, uh, and they look and have the feel of. What snack, Diane? They look like a white Cheeto. It's exactly it. It's, it's a, a white. It's not just a white Cheeto. It's a it's a Cheeto for white kids. Also, it's a white this Cheeto a, with with. It has the color of the orange Cheeto, but as a dust, a light dust, very, very light. light dust. Yeah, we are really light on flavor here, yeah. um, and not quite the crunch of a Cheeto because, as we said, they're baked and gluten free. It has the feel of pirate booty. Yeah, which is basically like fifty percent air, mm. and then a little bit of like corn in your teeth. I'm gonna, kind of thing. I'm gonna tell you, 
They're tasting better as it goes on. So the, if, if you get some with a little bit of flavor on them, there, there are some that are more flavored and some that are less. So obviously, you know, we want to we want some equitable dusting. That's going to be a problem. The That's initial hurt flavor profile yeah. was my grandma's cedar closet. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. What are you what are you getting now off your off your beer? I'm getting. Oh, maybe it's the beer. <laughs> I feel. Oh, let me get this one. Um, I'm not getting nacho. I'm not getting wild. Right. Are you but tasting tings? I'm not tasting the cheddar of the of what Pirates Booty is known for. That white cheddar flavor. Well, and also, but this is nacho, so shouldn't nacho be sort of an orange cheese flavor, like a cheese sauce kind of flavor? I really why would think, they? Why would they even equate themselves with nachos really if they're a, if they're a healthy brand? If they're a healthful has, brand, it's like it's like if Pirates Booty and Cheetos had a baby, but the dominant gene was Pirates Booty, right? Right, and not. It's really what it is. I see. Interesting. This is this is the mulatto spinoff of a Pirates Booty the Cheetos time. marriage. Yeah, sort of a diluted version of, You're not of everything. I mean, you're not accepted in either <laughs> culture. Not, that's right. You don't pass for either one. <laughs> These things are not passing for Cheeto, and they're not passing for. And Pirate if you Booty. still use the word mulatto, then clearly you're friends with like my grandparents. <laughs> the only people that still use that word. Essentially, I'm, I'm not using that word. Like it's not coming up a lot. I, in I, 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 I understand. Uh, no, Grandma, they're not an Oriental. I couldn't exactly call it call it a mixed race uh, snack, now could I? No. Okay, then. But it is, though. But it is. Um, so This is a biracial This is a biracial snack. snack. Okay, there we go. Thank you. Thank that you for the appropriate good, term. Appreciate it. Um, so let's, let's get at it, though, since Speaking. you could not be with us for the snack bracket. Now, if you could choose these Pirate Booty spinoffs, Mm-hmm. Of Cheetos or regular Cheetos or hot and flaming Cheetos, what would your choice be? I don't like Cheetos. Don't like Cheetos? Okay. No. I never really did. Okay. But would you choose these things or would you just abstain from the question? Probably abstain. Probably abstain. Okay. So this gets us to an important discussion. And more now. of a barbecue flavor, sour cream and onion barbecue than like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Cool Ranch. But not that I don't like the orange snacks. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so this is going to come in handy for us because we're doing a special segment here just for you, okay? This is a Diana-only snack bracket. Now, this is coming to us inspired by... Um, Our actual New York Times... An uh, actual, is it not bad? No, this is a this real is a, a real... Uh, Looks like a business, business feature. article. Yeah, okay. um, this is, I I couldn't believe this when I saw it. So this is inspired by Indra Indra Nuyi. This is coming to us from Indra Nuyi, okay, who is the chief executive officer at PepsiCo. Okay. In female, February, female, female CEO, female CEO of PepsiCo. Okay. In February, the New York Times wrote an article um, about. An incident that she had on she was a on Freakonomics. Podcast. She was on the Freakonomics radio podcast, and Miss Nuyi told the interviewer that women did not eat Doritos the same way as men. And I quote now from Nuyi, a woman: "They don't like to crunch too loudly in public," she said, "and they don't lick their fingers generously, and they don't like to pour the little broken pieces of the flavor into their mouths." I cannot believe this woman said. Can't this. believe she said it. Okay. So she was then she was asked whether PepsiCo, which owns Frito Lay, the manufacturer of Doritos, Durant. was planning quote a male and female version of chips. Nuyi responded, "It's not a male and female as much as are they snacks for women that can be designed and packaged differently." Who thinks of this? And yes, we are looking at it, and we're getting ready to launch a bunch of them soon for women. Low crunch, uh, low crunch, the full taste profile not have so much of the flavor stick on their fingers, and how can you put it in a purse? Because women love to carry a snack in their purse. I mean, this is, without a doubt, the most insulting thing that I think any executive could say 
about women and it's worse as a because whole. she's a woman and it's infinitely worse because she's a woman if For- she were a man diana if she were a man would she have her job today do you think after this coming out, she could even maintain her job today? No, there'd be like he, t- like, the, like a bunch of women would come out and say that, that they were sexually harassed. <laughs> basically, no. Basically, this would be the smoke, and then the fire. Absolutely, would be sexual harassment and just total insensitivity in the workplace. Yeah. Because this is a person who has their fucking head up their ass, right? Right. Okay, so now. Coming off of this, this was written in February 2018. February 6, 2018. Oh, so two months ago. We oh, are, no, three months ago. We are now three months away. And as she mentioned in this article, we are going to start seeing the launch of some PepsiCo lady snacks. Okay. I love the tweet, though, from Doritos. So Doritos, The yes. official tweet that was, like, I guess during that show. Right. Doritos, Doritos pretending wait, to be a real person. Dor- wait, Doritos. Yeah, at Doritos. We already have Doritos for women. They're called Doritos, and they're loved by millions. I love that. And they're loved by millions. Not just served by millions. Loved. That's the thing, man. Adored. I've been all over this world. Yeah. I've been to... I've been to a lot of places, and everyone has their snacks, but the one snack you can find from, like, New York City to, like, Kuala Lumpur is... Doritos. It's serious fucking business. It really is. Yeah. Coca-Cola yeah. and Doritos. I was, well, I was going to say, and, and as we've mentioned, you know, Doritos owned by PepsiCo, what is the Coca-Cola version of the Dorito? I mean, what, you know, what is Coke owning that's out there the way that Doritos is? Can't even fucking think of it. No. They got nothing. They got shit. Dasani water? Dasani I don't know. water, which everyone hates. So, Not I have here. Coke, though. I know it is. Yeah. But it sucks. Um, I have here. I can't a stop list. eating this pirate's booty. You gotta stop because we, we're we're getting to the next best thing. Okay. I have here a Must list. Stop. This is this is, is coming this out of the me? taste factory. This is coming out of the te- PepsiCo taste factory. Okay. We actually have a man on the inside. Okay. We had a we had a uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory situation. Somebody managed to sneak out some of these delectable snacks. No, come um, on, get out of here, really? No. Oh. Um, but I do have insider information that these are snacks that are going to be on the upcoming line, okay? So for Diana only... Lady snacks. Female of the podcast, we are going to be pitting three generic unisex snacks, or in Indra's words, male snacks, against three lady snacks. Okay. And she alone will decide whether she would lean towards the unisex snack or the... Female. And snacks. I love snacks, by the way. Okay. This is going to be I good. love chips and I love snacks. So up first, we had a, a big contender in the snack bracket. This is going to be Doritos Blaze. Okay. So this is a hot and spicy Dorito. Is not an orange? orange. It's not orange. Not orange. Okay. Not orange. Or yoga chips with pink Himalayan sea salt. Now, I have here... These are said to be guaranteed such a clean-feeling chip... You could eat it with white gloves on. That's that's coming right from their press release on these. This chips. is one of the Pepsi snacks. This is one of the new Lady Pepsi snacks. Yoga what, chips what? with pink Himalayan sea salt. Is it pink Himalayan sea salt chip? It the flavor is pink pink Himalayan sea salt. The the chip is a tortilla chip. Okay. So the only Doritos I actually like are Cool Ranch Doritos. Right. So I probably would go for the bougie-ass pink chips. Okay, we're going for pink. the bougie-ass pink chips. Okay. I, yeah. It's going to give you a clean feel. Uh, you know, it's probably similar in in flavor to a Cool cool, cool Ranch. I'm also looking at the calories on the back because right now I'm like majorly... Definitely. I am, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have the bags in front of me. So Diana cannot read from the nutritional yeah. facts on these things. So yeah, you got to go, also, you got to go I'm, on description I got to drop, I wait, I got to drop some pounds from my sister's wedding. You know, I understand. Thing. Yeah. Okay. Second on the list. So that was number one going okay. to lady snacks. Okay, I picked second. a lady, I picked a lady snack. All right. Yeah. We went lady snack. No shame in your game. Okay, second on the list, we have Fuego Takis. Okay, this is the classic Taki. Those are really good. Okay, or Skinny Sticks. Now, from Skinny Sticks, we have their official tagline. Listen to this. Flavorful enough for a man, but don't let his buddies find out. And we have word that their commercial is going to feature men in compromising positions where they're trying to eat 
a bag of skinny sticks and maybe their friends are coming around the corner, their buddies, and they don't want to be caught eating, you know, their girlfriend's snacks, okay? Okay. Sort of a, you know... So right there, because of the name... Yeah. Like, you you know how they say, like, oh, if it says it's a diet food, it's not a diet food? Sure. And, like, like that's the thing with... It, it, I feel that this product is going to look like veggie sticks... Uh, could be. Which could is be. like the green stick, the yellow stick, and the red stick. Oof. Which yeah. tastes like air. Tastes like a straw. Yeah. It is a straw. It is a straw. It's a flavorless so straw. So I'm going to go, if I'm going to have to snack, yeah. plus the Fuego Takis are going to be cheaper. Okay. So you're going Fuego Takis. Yeah, you're going definitely. unisex. You're going unisex I, male Fuego snack. Ta- Fuego Takis is the one Cheeto type snack. That's orange that I actually will eat. All right, so we have and one. And the best thing to do with the Fuego Takis, <laughs> and I've learned this from teaching with many pregnant oh, women. Oh, shit. This sounds like it's going to be a fucking life hack, so I, get your fucking pens out. I've, I've taught with many a pregnant woman, woman, and the, the recent one, the ready. recent, that's exactly it. The recent, <laughs> the recent pregnancy craving in my, in my kindergarten team was... Popping popcorn in the microwave in the faculty room. Yep. And then putting Fuego chi- uh, Takis inside, mixing it up in the Mi- bowl. You gotta mix it up. You gotta get that flavor everywhere. This oh shit is running God. through schools. That, like that the got fucking me flu. through trimester two staff meetings <laughs> before that woman went off and had a baby. Yep. That got that all got right. them through all three trimesters, I'm That's sure. Right. Okay, so we had on our first snack. Diana went for the the lady snack. Okay, we had one vote for Indra sucker, Indra Nuyi. I'm a sucker for that pink Himalayan. And on the second, too, on the second, we had another vote for the patriarchy. Yes, men taking it back. Okay, the last and final snack. Oh, there's only okay. three questions. There's okay. only three. Yes. So now we have we have kettle chips, Carolina barbecue, which, as you said, barbecue is I like barbecue is a biggie chips. for you. Yeah. So kettle chips, Carolina barbecue, or Red Velvet Beet Chips. Now, again, we have the slogan for Red Velvet Beet Chips, and it says, Say goodbye to crunch and crumbs with the first no-muss, no-fuss chip. So this is a beet chip. All right, so Trader Joe's has already beat you, and Trader Joe's makes beet chips. Oh, my God. Um, here's the th- And I've had them. Here's the thing with the beet chips. They're only good if you have, like... Something to dip them in. Right. They need they need a compliment. And they, they will, don't work they on will their own. They will still turn your pee pink and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, they need a compliment. Yeah. So if I'm on the go and, I, and I'm at the deli and I'm going to get a snack, I'm not going to be buying beet chips and a dip. So I would go with the, 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 the Carolina barbecue. You would go with the Carolina barbecue. Okay. In that circumstance. Plus... I'm assuming that Trader Joe's beet chips are probably like organic beets or whatever, and Doritos probably not doing that. Mm-hmm. And I bet you Trader Joe's beet chips will be cheaper. Mm-hmm. So they're right there. Diana, I, I don't know how to tell you this. We we mentioned Charlie and the Chocolate Factory before and our Charlie situation. We have another Charlie and the Chocolate Factory situation. There is no Slugworth. <laughs> I made all of these snacks up. Shut up! <laughs> I made all of the lady snacks up. You chose two male snacks over two highly believable female <laughs> snacks, if I do say so myself, and one lady snack over, you know, the top-selling Dorito in the market right here's now. Here's the thing. You should probably fucking I'm, look for Dorito. I'm because saying. I that, think we're making all three of these. the boyfriend sneaking... <laughs> that's, like, already, like, a commercial I saw, like, yesterday. It's already a commercial. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely pitching this seen, shit on Madison you know, Avenue you know, soon. You know, you know what this reminds me of? Have you seen... Okay. Um, again, if you've listened to past podcasts, you will probably f- find out that I am uh, RuPaul's Drag Race number one straight female fan. Oh, yeah. Let's let's get our Ru report on. So, so <laughs> RuPort. RuPort. So, so <laughs> I have noticed that, okay, so the show, uh, the show used to be on Logo TV, which is an LGBTQIA network, and the commercials were all... In between the show, you know, like, here's the thing. So the commercial comes on and I'm in a bar and I'm like watching a drag queen do a show. But I, in the corner of my eye, I always watch the commercials. Sure. And the commercials were always for like um, 
Andrew Christensen underwear, like really like things that were really marketed to like gay men scruff, which is like, you know, like a second rate grinder. Oh my God. So off brand grinder was what had, had ad buy power on the number one drag show. Scruff was a sponsor for drag race. They were the scruff pit crew, which was like, so the pit crew is like basically the naked men that RuPaul uses as Vanna Whites for stuff. So they were the scruff pit crew for a whole season where they only wore like scruff logos. Amazing. So like RuPaul launched that second rate grinder, which honestly, I, a lot I hope of, RuPaul has has uh, points points on the back end from that. Uh, honestly, I have fr- I have gay male friends that say they prefer scruff over grinder. Great, great. So anyway. Probably the lift of uh, gay it's sex the lift, services. It, it's, the li- <laughs> it's the lift of top or bottom. So, reverse. So, anyway. Um, so, where I was going with this is the, the commercials used to be those. Yeah. And now that it's on VH1, and I've been watching Drag Race in bars, in gay bars for years. And I used to, I used to be one of three white straight women in the bar. Now, it's like every, like gay guy and like his his like fruit fruit fly friends or whatever and his fag hags and stuff so now it's like now it's lots of straight women watching the show so now the commercials have shifted yeah so the recent commercial that has been on in the past three episodes is a summer's eve commercial what the fuck is summer's eve that's a women's douching oh my god but so the commercial, and this is what reminds me of, so the commercial, it's actually a brilliant commercial. So it's this girl and her boyfriend, and like they're living their like suburban life that like looks like they can't afford it because their house is too big. But anyway, so anyway, so he's been, he's doing all these man things. Like he's playing his guitar wearing like a metal Viking helmet. He's like mowing the lawn, like while like watching football you know yeah, like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like the, it's like the most funniest male stare like typical like bro stuff he can do right but he does all of them at the same time right it's not just he's like throwing a football like like going yeah with the beer yeah he's doing all anyway he's doing everything at once and but then in the shower he's using his girlfriend's summer's eve douche gel <laughs> And like, and then it was like basically like Shh, we won't tell like it's good it's strong enough for you Shut too. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's strong enough for you too, bro, or whatever. And I was like, Gio and I, my husband and I, we looked at each other. We're like, why is this playing on that this show? Is the strangest commercial. So strange, but like very effective because I'm talking about it on your podcast. I guess, yeah. But what do they think they're getting out of that? Do they think they're hitting, like, what the gay male market? Like, do well, they think gay men are going to do that? Because, obviously, they're saying this is strong enough for a man. Right. But, but it's his girlfriend or his right, but, wife. But the gay douche. guy's not going to be in this in That's this what situation. I'm saying. He's never going to be in this situation. He's unless, not going to stumble upon unless Summer's he, Eve. Unless he, like, walks of shame to, like, his, like, best girlfriend's apartment or something on Sunday morning before they have brunch (laughs) and he needs a shower like I don't know oh we'll see you know what you know what I bet this is like one of those uh, one of those Super Bowl ads right where where there's the start of the ad campaign is one thing but then it's gonna transition and you're gonna start to see the breadth of it and I think you just stumbled upon the next step, right? So now we've established this female character and right. we've established her husband is using the douche. Yeah. But next, right, it's going to be her gay friend is going to do exactly oh, that. He's so going to he's going to stumble We're only in. on episode 7 and we got like right. we're halfway there. Right. So this okay. is going to happen. This is absolutely going to happen. We go up to like 13 right. in these and things. And then okay. after after it's the gay man coming in at walk of or shame. Or like two guys. He needs to, or he two needs guys. to shower because he has another date that night. Or two guys will be in the shower. And he lost his keys. Oh, two guys in the shower. Like that. Yeah. That's a good one too. And then and step they're like three. holding the Summer's Eve like, ooh, look what we're using. Step three, we have to have the the uh the the butch lesbian uh stereotype friend we got to get her in there somehow but here's the thing what summer's eve summer's, <laughs> summer's eve motive is it to get gay World men to buy, domination or is it just is it just like oh i know that brand 
but I'm not going to buy it because I'm a gay man with a penis. Right. Right. What's the point then? And the women who want it either are already getting it or aren't necessarily going to be turned on to it by a commercial in which their husband uses their product. Because that's what everybody wants. That's what every straight woman wants is to buy products that their husband will use. If anything, that's what most commercials are are fighting no, against. No, I don't it's want like, my... No. That's what I'm saying. Right. You don't want your husband using up your shit. Right. That's an idiotic premise. Well, okay. So, But here's the problem. So, you know how they say, like, women's um, toilet toiletries and, and cosmetics and products, it's, like, the same thing for men, but it's, like, marked up because it's for women? Oh, so, like, for example, like, okay. you, so you buy your Gillette shave cream. Uh-huh. That's just shave cream. Right? Sure. But then if, like, if, if I buy the pink pearlescent yeah, yeah, yeah. thing, 89 cents for the shave cream, right? And it has, like, that manly smell. Yeah. But mine is almost $6. Right, right. And I get less product in the jar. Right. Well, because so, your your hands are so dainty that you couldn't be asked <laughs> to carry the same level. I don't use the same shave gel. Of we, shave. That's, like, I used to buy all that shit, and I'm, I'm just smarter now, and I just use Dr. Bronner's, and that's what we share. Well, I was going to say, none of this actually means anything, right? right. Aftershave has shave, always been a myth, shave, right? Shave with fucking soap. It's yeah. the same fucking shit. I mean, right. yeah, it's a lot smoother with the shave gel, but, like, it doesn't do anything different. Basically, what we're saying is but Dr. Anyway, Bronner's, shave with it, shampoo with it, douche with it, brush your you, teeth you with know, it. Have you seen it's, the Dr. Bronner's documentary? No, I never have. It's called Dr. Bronner's Magic Soapbox or something like that. I never that. have, but I did it start reading... It is the reading, weirdest fucking movie. You should actually see it. I did start reading the label again the other day, uh, which I haven't done probably since I was back in high school, and that shit will give Ugh. you paranoid nightmares. It is fucking nuts. Anyway, the point is, like, I don't want my husband to use my TG Bedhead shampoo because it cost me $25, <laughs> but then I'm thinking, like... Maybe I should just buy Head and Shoulders because what's the fucking difference anyway? I washed my hair two hours ago. I right. literally, I have very long hair. I washed two hours. I can't smell. Nope. The fancy stuff. Nope. Uh, I think you nailed it. Just use soap. All right. Just use soap. Just use soap. Uh, we are going to be right back after this. So uh, we have conferred behind closed doors, and this is going to be a uh, yet again a two-part episode. Diana, mm. you are killing it on these two-parters. You are the reigning champion of my uh, first episode was of coming two parts. back to the studios. The, mm-hmm. the, we're going to put a plaque on the wall for you for most visited guest. And now uh, another take that double Tony episode. from the Bronx. <laughs> take that we've got your blue eyes and devilish good looks we've got co-host nothing on this yeah serious competition uh so we really just wanted to come on and say thank you for listening and of course listen to the next episode with uh the fabulous dazzling diana thank Thank you you for coming you're welcome i always like to be here until next time folks